When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it's right. more of a golf clap. Yeah, I know. I know. Listen, when they win, there's yelling, there's cheering, there's all this. When they lose, it's like, hey, uh, great game. Uh, good luck in game three. You shake hands, and then you move forward. I'm going to hit on something Morales just mentioned. Will I be invited to come back to Denver? Uh, I'm sure Nuggets fans are like, hey, Slee. <laughs> come on down. Come on down, buddy. <laughs> I know you're sitting in that 200 section. Why don't you make yourself comfortable here in the 100 section? <laughs> Take it all in. See what's going on. Soak Enjoy it all the in. Enjoy the sights. Yeah, soak it all in. Um, T. Raj uh, on vacation uh, today. Obviously, Yates filling in. We were uh, we, we spent a little time. Um, we just played Brian Windhorse, who was talking about how that LeBron's using so much of his energy on the defensive side, and because he's using that energy on the defensive side, for him to still be effective on the offensive end, you can't really ask too much from him. So he's 0 for 10 from the three-point line this series. And I think there was a stat M put up earlier, 1 for 20 from the three-point line in the fourth quarter during this playoff run. By the way, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Braun... Naturally, by the fourth quarter, you're getting more winded, and and he's also trying to jack up some threes because maybe he's too tired to go bang down in, in through after the first 36 minutes. Maybe he's too winded, or he's trying to say, "Can I just get a couple of these to drop?" And if I can, that might change a little bit of things with the, with, the, with the way the defense is playing him. But with the way the NBA works and the way basketball works, all we could do is just look at how you've performed and how the team has performed. The Lakers have struggled, and I think the reason, one of the main reasons why they're down 0-2, I think their execution at the end of games, I think their shot selection has really hurt them in this series so far. Yeah, and I think they're playing against a more talented team. That's, that's I mean, that's, you know, sort of a tough pill to swallow, but again, Jokic... More talented pres- through two games. More, Jokic presents, uh, it's hard to explain if you're not, really just watching it to see who's trying to score, like who's trying to win and who's not. But like the way that he changes the entire manner in which a defense has to operate because of not just his skill set, but the basic length of his arms because the rebounding situation is one thing. He does everything. How he can assist. It's not just the assist. It's how he does it. It beats all the defenses because he's got these gangly limbs that allow him to, you know, you can't practice against that because you don't have people that can do that. So it's it's tough, man. They've, they've, got a, they've got a difficult matchup against a team that, and what, I'm, what I mean by knows how to win is, I mean, has been successful all season. I'm not dragging on into legacies and banners. I'm saying this team this year with Michael Malone has learned how to execute, and they've done it pretty well so far in this season. All right, Joker as well, something that you said. He's excellent at everything. Everything. There is no like. Listen, I know he's not. He's not um, Dikembe Mutombo on the defensive side. I understand that. But offensively, when I say he's excellent at, at, at everything, he can give you thirty-five points. Michael yesterday in the pregame show, he said he's one of the greatest passers he's ever seen. Period. Correct. Forget there was big man. Yeah. It, no, no, no. He he. Michael wants 
get the big man thing out of it. He right. said he's one of the greatest passers. He's got a vision. He's got touch. Uh, he's grabbing 15, 18 rebounds a game. He had 21-plus in the first game. But with all that being said, I thought Yates something interesting happened last night that it wasn't Joker. If, if I told you there's four stars in this series, all right, and mm-hmm. it's up to you where you want to put Jamal Murray, but um, – we're, it's ridiculous if we're not putting him in this conversation based upon the players that are playing. If I said there's four stars, if I said there's a LeBron, AD, Joker, and Jamal Murray, and one of those guys is going to go off for 23 points and is going to single-handedly win the game for one of these two teams, you might say, oh, okay, is it Joker? I might say, well, is it AD? Somebody might say, is it LeBron James? It was Jamal Murray yesterday who was as cold-blooded of a performance that I've seen in the playoffs. 23 points, Western Conference Finals, fourth quarter, hitting shots over AD, hitting shots over LeBron James, hitting clutch shots, shot clock running out early in the shot clock. I mean, he was doing everything. Um, Your stars are supposed to win your games at the end. Bron and AD... I'm sorry. That that's not the star performance that we were looking for. Jamal Murray on the other side, incredible. Incredible. Uh, I want to get to these calls real quick, but I just want to say my favorite thing that Murray did last night, just in general, when he hit that one sort of from the top of the key, and everybody was like, "Wow!" And he just started backpedaling, and he pointed over to Mike Breen on the telecast and said, "Bang!" I was like, "Yo, my Damn. man is dialed all the way in." If he is technical producing the telecast whilst hitting threes on the court on his own home floor. Did you hear um did you hear him post game at all? No, I didn't I didn't I didn't get okay, that. So I was I, watching I, hockey deep into the night. This <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You really were. Okay, so um here's why I bring it up cuz you just said Mike Breen. So somebody asked him about what it's like in the fourth quarters. I guess he's had four performances in the playoffs where he scored 20 or more points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And that just that's not something that's happened often. I don't have all the stats in front of me, but it was something along those lines. And they said, you know, what are you thinking of? Why are you able to have that success in the fourth quarter? He said, I remember as a kid, I used to be out in my driveway, and I used to be practicing those. And he mentioned broadcasters. He's mentioned Mike Breen. He, he mentioned that he had this – he created this storyline when he was a kid in his driveway. And there he is doing what he's doing, right? Dribbling um, fourth quarter, clock is running down, and he was hitting all these big shots after big shots. And mentioned that he would also play the role of Mike Breen as one of the broadcasters. <laughs> really? So just because you just because you mentioned that, I didn't put those two pieces together. I didn't know that's who he was pointing at. Yes. But he mentioned that postgame. Exactly what happened. That's interesting. All right, it's a uh, Lakers reaction Friday here on 710 ESPN. Lakers come home. Down 0-2. Plus, we're getting you pumped for what's on tap for Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals tomorrow night. Me, personally, I don't think the series is over. I know there's some Laker fans that that think that it's a wrap. It's all presented by Michelob Ultra, a refreshing and balanced flavor with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Please enjoy responsibly. Yates, where do you want to start off here? You want to start off with a truck driver or you want to do a Laker call? Let's do a Laker call. Let's check out well, I mean I mean, come on. Walrus in Encino? What? That's this human's name? We're definitely going to Walrus <laughs> first. 
Walrus, Mr. what's Yates, up? Everybody has an alter ego. <laughs> Mr. Yates, everybody has an alter ego over here. Okay. Um, I just really want to quickly say the, um, the Mandy's need to have a category of producer of the people. Emily, just so professional. Like, what a wonderful person to have on, um, on your staff. Um, Don't put your drinks on the table. So, well, well, we yeah, can, right. well, so, we'll add to this as well. Just go on uh, ESPNLA.com. You could vote for her for producer of the year. But again, to your point, go ahead. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, like, she should have that category, like, named in her honor. Well, thank so you, Walrus. The thing is, I am just so frustrated with them jacking up shot after shot after shot. Last night was nothing new. Every, LeBron's getting all of uh, – the criticism for that, and, you know, rightfully so. He, he should have either passed the ball or even as tired as he was taking it to the rack. But seriously, like, the only two people who had business putting up shots last night past a certain point were Austin Reeves and my guy Rui Hachimura. Everybody else, take it to the rack, make that layup or get fouled and go to the free throw line where we were having a real advantage, and we've yep. had an advantage all season, number one free throw shooting team. It, it drives me insane, insane. And honestly... First three minutes of each quarter, basic basketball principle, hit the hole. Take it to the rack and get them in foul trouble. Get to the bonus. It's just like we're playing stupid basketball right now. I don't agree with Clinton. I think we can go toe-to-toe with this Nuggets team. I think we have shot ourselves in the foot the last two games. We could easily be up 2 nothing. We've lost by combined 11 points. They obviously need to get game three and then put the pressure back on Denver game four. Tip your cap to Jamal Murray. But seriously, like... Walsh, Walsh, I'm going to jump jump in real quick because I think what you said there is very, very important. You said that That we've lost a a total of, I think you said by 11 points combined, and that we're in both of these games. But a big part of the playoffs, in any, any sport, it does come down to the end. We can't say that, hey, it's just a couple possessions here and there. That's how you lose a series is those last couple of possessions. So you can't we can't I think in the same breath say we've been both we've been in both of those games. If we only did this and we only did that, but we didn't. Right. And and I think that's it's not fair to I don't think the series is over. I think Lakers go take care of business tomorrow. You're at home, it's 2-1 and then we'll go from there. But at the same time um, if one team is executing better at the end, or if one team is drawing up a play or getting to the free throw line, whatever it is, you can't take that away from them and say, "Well, if we just did this, we would the series would be tied tied one apiece." Most games in the playoffs come down to the final couple of minutes. Exactly, and this is why I was saying, yeah, you can go toe to toe with the Nuggets, and you can lose two games because that's what happened. And like, it's not again. None of this is necessarily some larger judgment of talent or whatever. But when you're down 0-2, you can't rely on the well. If we did this, we did that because you're gonna run out of games. That's the whole thing. It's a series. There's math here, and that's why I think something bigger has to change than to just rely on and say, well. We're going to get something out of this guy. We're going to get something out of that guy. Okay, maybe, but there's also the possibility that what is, again, what is your best punch just might not work, so you got to try something different. I, I think the Lakers are kind of in that place. Starting Rui, I think, adds an element. I like that move. I like that a lot. I think that if you found somebody that can do something new, you go to them. But this idea that you can just roll out the balls and you're going to beat the Denver Nuggets at home in a playoff game, I don't, I, I just, that's just not that real to me. Well, I mean, this is desperate of all desperate situations. Here's the good news, and here I am kind of slamming the Lakers on one side, talking about how they're not executing towards the end of the game. 
Um, I will play it the other way. I don't think the series has been this, oh, the Nuggets are going to sweep the Lakers. I don't. It, it certainly hasn't felt that way that both teams are that far apart. No. Um, tomorrow is – I hate. I know we do this. The must win. It is a must. You're not going to yes. fall down 0-3. But if they just win one game tomorrow, it's not like all of a sudden this series is. It's a series. And what I thought Denver had to win the first two games at home. I did. And the reason why I thought that is there's a little bit of they got to also grow their own confidence that they can beat the Lakers. That that team that they've never the franchise has never been to the NBA Finals. I think yeah. it's important for them to go up 2-0 and win these first two especially on their home floor. Yes okay. and no. Now I mean, it's a I'll, Lakers journey. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I don't know how much that plays into the specifics of the guys on the court. I do know that the guys on this Denver Nuggets roster right now have no reason to be afraid of the Los Angeles Lakers roster right now. And it shows in how they're playing. It shows in their togetherness. And it shows in, most specifically, what Michael Malone is asking him. All right, let me uh, squeeze in one more quick call. Nick in Riverside. Nick, what's going on? Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, so one thing for sure that I think the Lakers need to do is they need to bench D'Angelo Russell. I know he's out there to uh, spread the floor and shoot, but he's just not doing that right now. I don't know if he's just uh, scared of the playoffs or, or he's just in a bad streak. But uh, I think I have a starting lineup that uh, I think the Lakers should do. It seems a little unorthodox, but I think uh, to, you know, in order to muck it up, they should do this. They should start Reeves, Vando, Rui, AD, and LeBron at center. Uh, that way uh, LeBron can play more post-game, try to out-yoke the Jokic, and, uh, you know, uh, play like a facilitator. And, Nick, I'm going to jump in. Um, it's actually a perfect transition, what we do when we come back, all right? Should the Lakers take D'Angelo Russell out of the starting lineup? I, I think that's an interesting conversation because he's still playing, whether he's starting, not starting. He's still playing starter minutes. I think he's been a non-factor so far this series. We could do that coming up next. Uh, plus, uh, Gregory, who's on the road, is going to give yeah, us we truck driver, talk to the truck all driver. the questions. We have we to have. talk to him. How many hours are you driving? When do you nap? When do you sleep? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show. Yates in the house, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thank you, Morales. Thank you. I am the wall. This is great. That's a solid call, by the way. Not only his name, but he was a really good call, too. Yeah, that was a good call. Very much so. 
Um, all right, so I'm going to give everybody just quick background on this. During Factor Cap, one of the questions that came up from Emily was, what's the longest that you can drive? She had a, she had a drive from Denver to L.A. It was 15 hours, and she knocked it all out. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say, Clinton, you and I, eight's about our max. That's yeah. about as far I mean, as and that that's, we can go. That's like daytime, first thing I do that day, and eight, and then we're out. That's not like, oh, I can put – like so. This is worth noting as well. I almost died in a car crash when I was like 20, falling asleep at the wheel. So I'm oh, particularly averse to long distances by myself because I'm not trying to go through that again. You know. What I'm okay, saying? so – and then Berg, I think, asked, or I think you asked, what do, how do truckers do it? What, right. what, what do they do? So Gregory, who's on the road, is a truck driver. Um, Greg, first off, appreciate you calling into the show. So thank you for listening, number Let's one. Let's go. And, and number two – um. Yeah, fill us in. So, how does that work? You're you're going on a cross country drive, or I don't know. You're you're passing four or five states. What is it that you do? How does that work? Well, you you're required by law to take ten hour rest break, so you can drive for eleven hours. Um, but when you get to eight hours, you have to take a manual thirty minute uh, lunch, per se, whatever, and then. You can keep, get on the road. You acquire more time. So you, you have 11 hours. Say you drive eight hours. You get three more hours to drive until you hit 11. If you don't stop driving at 11 hours, you're in trouble. Uh, DOT, Department of Transportation, will violate you and give you a fat $2,000 ticket. And uh, there is no, nothing you can do about it. So you have, to, you have to be on point by law. You have to be on, on point. And so, Greg, the reason for that is safety, right? Obviously, because you, as longer distances, you start to lose motor skills, never mind attentiveness on the road. And even if you're in a regular car, being in a big truck doesn't help either. It's a safety thing, obviously, right? Absolutely. It's safety. I mean, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, they didn't even have rules and regulations. They could drive for 20 hours nonstop, which a lot of them did. So, yeah, accidents... uh, start to accumulate and uh it's all for safety so gregory basically if i'm using the example of this you're like a a marathon runner you can go and let's say you're not working and you got you got to drive 15 hours from denver to la is that a problem for you it's like hey this is no problem at all no problem i can do it wow It's impressive. That's (laughs) very impressive. That's impressive. (laughs) Well, Greg, thank you for filling us in. I I appreciate that. So what he's saying is that. He's saying it's it's not. It's it's like like us. We go a mile, and then I I need some water. He's going 14 miles and saying, yeah, it's nothing. It's another walk in the park. It's sort of like LeBron, you know, after a certain point, you've got to kind of stop and rest so that for the safety of every – never mind. I'm just messing I see where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) I see where you're going But, no, I mean, I – I can't drive that far because of that exact reason. I fell asleep once, and it almost ended, you know, the old existence. Oof. So I make sure and, that I try to play that one safe these days. And do we have any idea what what Travis texted you at all today? No. I mean, have you heard anything from I him? I think he likes to uh, just pretend we all don't exist when uh, – <laughs> when he takes off, but no, he's, no, no, you guys text. Yeah. Yeah, you we'll guys text are sometimes. pretty good at texting. But um, he uh, is going to do 
a taco, tr- like he's going to be the taco guy for his dad's 75th birthday. It's mm-hmm. up in Santa Barbara. So he was talking to me about how he was going to go to the grocery store and pick up all the fixins and things like that for today. But he was a little worried about maybe not living up to the uh, standard of, you know, great taco people. But, uh, you know, he's excited for it. Well, he's making his own taco. I don't, what? Yeah. I'm surprised. What I'm surprised, actually. You guys talk about how you, you guys talk about trading taco dudes' infos all the time. Yeah, what, he's what, got, he's what got other time like are you nine taco, taco guys <laughs> that seems to be a very weird move that's like the manager coming out to the pitcher and saying <laughs> i'm not going to the bullpen i'll just pitch the next inning myself like, i think what? it's an act of love for his dad and an act okay. of service to be able to cook and uh serve the food to his family uh maybe just you know see a little money but and okay. stuff too but so he, he has said this he I said this for for mother's day he cooked for the family Right, and Susan was completely happy with it. I know he enjoys doing it too. I wonder if it's more of that. Just uh, I don't know that, but I, I think this would be a good one, especially for tacos. Hey, just order a taco yeah. guy. But there's also an element too of if the party's a little too big. If you have a task, it means you can avoid other people, which might be a part of this too. You know, just like oh no 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 no, leave me alone. I'm making tacos. You know what I mean? I only I can only come out to talk to whoever I want to talk to at any given point. But no, that's that's good. I'm like. I, I like the fact that he's doing that this week. How much do you have planned already for your San Francisco trip? Very little. I have a little bit planned. This is part of R&R for me. Um, I'm going to a Giants game. I've, in fact, never been to that ballpark, so that'll be be fun to do. Um, But, no, I don't love over-planning sometimes because it makes it feel like if you don't get to it, then you somehow let yourself down when the point of being there is not just to tick off different things to do, is to actually – get away from the hustle and bustle. So it should be a good trip. I'm hoping the weather holds up. That's my main concern pretty much all the time when I'm in the Bay is what the weather is going to be like. Who are they playing, Miami? Is that they got? They got the Marlins. Unfortunately, Jazz Chisholm is on the DL, which is annoying Mm -hmm. because he's one of the most exciting players in the game. But should be a fun time. Okay, so um, I mentioned this as we were going to break, talking a little bit about – D'Angelo Russell, should the Lakers make any uh, any changes to their starting lineup? Um, yeah, so I, I want to throw this your way before I, I get, in, get into the D'Angelo and, uh, and the starting lineup real quick. Do you think the series is over? Do you think the chances of the Lakers winning four out of five games incredibly slim? You know what? They had to get one of those first two games. Just how do you feel overall about the series? Say it's over is tough. I do think that I think I said this on the air the other day, and I'm going to reiterate because I think it is important right now. I think this is harder than the Lakers thought it was going to be. And that's never a position that you want to be in this late in the season from a playoff standpoint because the competition is just too good. That's why I believe that you do have to put a Roy in the starting lineup. You do have to switch something up. Something has to change because, listen – you can argue about point differentials and this, that, and a third. If you lose four games by one point, you've lost four games by one point. Series you know? is and over. That's, that's that's kind of what my my main concern is from a Laker fan standpoint is the biggest punch you had happened in game one, and you still couldn't win that game. And so, yes, there is one way to look from that. Hopefully there's another way to look at that and say, man, we got to try something else. I think we're in the try something else phase of it um, for me. Okay, so on top of that, Yates, you're right about this. Um and I love that point because as much as I want to sit here and tell you, hey, they were in game one, hey, they were in game two, you're down 0-2. Right. Right? As much as you want to use that. And I actually, yesterday was the game for me because 
I thought after they lost game one, um, you know, Denver was just basically holding on for dear life at the end, but they got the win. And then the question was, can the Lakers play more their style in game two? They did. And they had a lead. They were up, it seemed like, six to nine points or so for most of the game. Then they went up ten, and Denver hit with a ten-nothing run from there. It was kind of back and forth. And the Nuggets would find a way to go up 12. Yesterday's game, I thought, was the game where I was more disappointed about last night than I was in game one. And I was Mm -hmm. more disappointed last night because I thought the style more served the Lakers. They're going to come back to L.A., and there's going to be no margin for error now. None. There is no uh, – literally, there's no margin for error. If they don't play great basketball, it's going to be 3-1 by the time it goes back to Denver. Who knows if it even goes back to Denver. Um, this kind of this, – this trying to position – well, they played good enough. Well, played good enough to what? It, it's, and I, I love when you said you can lose the series by four points total and you lost the series right. 0-4. So towards the end of these games, that's where playoff games are really won is towards the end. Brian in Oxnard. Brian, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, so um, I'm not sure if you guys have covered it. I just tuned in about an hour ago, give or take. But as much as fans and myself in general calling out LeBron for jacking up dumb threes, especially at the end of the game, when I get their legs are probably heavy, they're tired. I understand that. But we need to also call out Darvin Ham. What, and it, like, basically what I'm saying, I'm calling him out is this, is, at the end of the first quarter, AD had that put-back dunk that wasn't called in by the ref. They said that he was like over the cylinder of the rim, which obviously anyone with a pair of eyes should have reviewed it. Yeah, should have reviewed it. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Darvin Ham has that challenge pocket. I mean, that challenge flag, essentially, if you want to call it that, in his pocket that he can just throw out at that moment. If something is so clear cut like that, and it's two points in such a tight contested game, why do you feel the need to be? Hey, you know what, dude? Let me save this for the fourth quarter. When we maybe we might need it then in a closer game. No, if if it's clear cut, plain and white vanilla in front of you that you will win it if you challenge it. It's two points off the board. Why not just do it then? It makes no sense to me. It is driving me absolutely crazy. He's been doing that all year. He always says it for the end of the game when we didn't even need it or we didn't even use it. It's just ridiculous. Appreciate the phone call. Here's the thing about those kinds of plays, specifically in tight playoff moments on the road. That's kind of what you expect your players to be able to give you a hand with, too, as well. The coaches are doing a lot of things. And I, I this is the problem with having veteran guys and younger coaches, is that that decision-making process, exactly what that caller is talking about, it's not even about whether or not it's the right call or the wrong call. Oftentimes, something just doesn't happen because you haven't figured out who's going to actually step up and say something in that scenario. Look, in a game in which Lakers are blowing layups left and right, I'm not going to say that those two points mattered more, but his point is exactly correct. That situation showed to me that at crunch time, there's even certain things that just get missed, and that's going to be tough to be at a championship level if that's the kind of thing that happens. So, And, and I'm not sure that's a Laker thing. I think that's a sports thing, yeah. a, an NBA thing, where they're trying to hold on to their challenge till the end because they think, what if there's a more important possession at the end that can impact the play? I agree with Brian. If it costs you two points, there's no other replay later in the game that could potentially cost you two points. It could be, hey, the ball was deflected by that guy. It could be... Um, I don't know. Think of all the different things. But if you can get two points, get the two points. Take two points, yeah. Because nothing is guaranteed at the end. You might be sitting there with that with that review sitting in your pocket with 35 seconds left, and there's just no opportunity that 
uh, presents itself to use that challenge, if you got something that you think is costing you actual buckets or it's AD has four fouls and this is going to be his fifth foul, it's early in the fourth quarter, and you it thinks those are, I think, as impactful as anything that happens at the end. Okay, pro- you, you weren't there, Cease, quickly, though. That mm-hmm. The officiating in that game was very awkward. Like, I, I'm not really sure what we're doing in the NBA now with every what, single what'd you take? What would you take from it? <sighs> At some point, playoff basketball has to be playoff basketball. Guys are going to knock into each other. Van Gundy went on a whole rant about this on the telecast. Guys are going to hit each other. Some fouls are going to be harder than others. And if you're going to blow things like missed baskets – Wasting 10 minutes to figure out whether or not somebody who jumped and tried to knock a ball out of somebody's hands because that's called basketball just doesn't add up. It feels very stilted in terms of what we're considering priorities in the NBA right now. All right. Um, I still I keep promoting it. And I haven't talked about it. D'Angelo Russell has been an absolute non-factor so far this series. Um, Yates, I also want to get your thoughts on Julio. He's had kind of an interesting start to the Dodgers season. Uh, gave up four home runs yesterday. How much concern for Julio? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show. Clinton Yates in the house, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, so you like traveling? Yeah. Yeah? I do Got, it all the time uh, on the basketball court. Uh, <laughs> hey No. Um, yes, I do like to travel. Are you the four step? You take the no. four steps? No, 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 no. Gather, <laughs> Euro, <laughs> reconsider, pump fake. You see that Two steps, on, then I'm going up. Come on, there's dog. a guy on, uh, and I'm I, I don't know if this is what you're referring to. There's a dude on Instagram that did this just whole video, most the funniest thing I've ever seen, and it's like it's as if he's training other people how to play basketball, how to do certain moves, and that's exactly what he does. He takes like, okay, here's what you do: pivot, gather. Jump one, two, and, and he doesn't dribble one time. Not like there's one. six steps, and then he takes the layup and he misses. <laughs> that's a funny. That that's a whole like subgenre of like talk in IG where people are making fun of people who really are showing people what lessons yeah. are online. And you're like, what are you teaching them? That's the most ridiculous you know sequence of moves I've ever seen. It's funny. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. We'll take a couple calls. I want to get to Julio as well, but I mentioned D'Angelo Russell a couple different times today. Yeah. You know, D'Lo is um, – there are a lot of eyes on him. I'm going to do my best to explain D'Angelo Russell. D'Lo's making $30-plus million, dollars, okay? So there's there's certain – I think there's certain players in the NBA. You and I would agree. He's not a superstar, but he's also not supposed to be just a role player. You don't oh. get paid $30 million plus and be considered a role player. He's kind of for the Lakers – he's supposed to be the third-best player – on this Lakers team. And he has been, he's had some moments in the playoffs, but he's also been incredibly inconsistent. And here we are, Western Conference Finals, where the further you go, the more you're hoping that you can get LeBron James and Anthony Davis some help. And D'Angelo Russell, at least for me, uh, last night he was on the floor for 33 minutes. He had 10 points, had five assists, uh, was three of eight from the field, one of five from the three-point line. He does not offer anything on the defensive side that says, well, at least on defense, he's going to do this. So 
he's got to be either on the floor and productive on offense, taking a little bit of pressure on LeBron Anthony Davis, being a playmaker for some of these other guys, or I don't really know what his value is on the floor. So I say all that. Um, we're at a stage where when you're down 0-2, you, you just got to go with what you, you, you feel is going to give you that production, that guaranteed production. And for me, D'Angelo has been a non-factor in these two games. I got no problem if Darvin Ham comes out tomorrow and says, I'm starting Dennis Schroeder over Darvin Ham or 100%. over uh, over D'Angelo Russell. 100%. Also, I, I, it continues to fascinate me. The D'Lo situation, just in general, with his stance with the build, I mean, in the building, like I, that must be such a strange feeling to be back on the team that drafted you where they did. Like it, it is one of the more unique scenarios I can think of in a long time in the NBA in terms of a team this far in the playoffs with a a a retread non-bust like I don't even know how I would qualify what D'Lo means in terms of where you think the front office is or was at that time it's it's a very awkward situation but from a basketball standpoint yeah I think you got to sit him it's nothing more than math at this point you know I mean and the math being the math on the court not the math on the checkbook because it's obvious to even the most basic basketball fans what his contribution is. Not that that matters, but if it's that obvious to everybody, like I said before in the show, sometimes you can use the two eyes in front of you, and you don't have to worry about the third eye. Just, you know, just saying. Well, and this, um, this is it. I mean, you're in the right. Western Conference Finals, so I think if there's any conversation about, well, what ha- will D'Lo look at this a certain way? Well, he's going to be a free agent. Who gives a damn? Like, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I, I, I was mentioning this to Michael yesterday. We were talking a little bit about it. Just in general, you got one goal if you're Darvin Ham. You got one goal is to win your next game and yes. to try to get wh- whatever five that is you think that gives you the best opportunity to do it. You're just trying to hang around in the series. <laughs> Here's a excuse me. Here's a reality right now of the Lakers. Yes, they're down 0-2, but I don't think it wouldn't shock me at all if the Lakers – win two games at home and it's 2-2 back in Denver. I don't think that's a shock at all. Maybe I'm one of the few that feel that way, but I still think the Lakers, I don't think the series is over, but if you're giving guys opportunities that are not delivering, and that's the same for any player on the roster other than right. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, then I think you got a little bit shorter of a leash with those players. Totally agree. I wouldn't be shocked if they won two games, but once again, I, I to me, if we're just saying all else – the same. Nothing yep. changes. Yep. No injuries. No strategic major. You know shifts from the Lakers. I no. I don't think they win two games playing the same basketball they played the last two games because they lost both those games and they didn't play specifically all that poorly. Paul in Granada Hills. Paul, what's going on? Uh, he dropped out, but he wanted to say everyone needs to calm down. The Lakers That's why I can do him. it. They I wanted can, him to uh, give us back. a different perspective. Well, ho- hold on. Like, I mean, and this is an honest question here. Like, yeah. At what point do you, at the very least, break the glass, even if you don't pull out the fire hydrant for the emergency? Like, there's nothing wrong with saying we are in a tough situation and we need to get this done. I mean this from a leadership standpoint of Darvin Ham. I'm not sure why everybody is so afraid to admit that you're in a hole that you need to work out of every once in a while. Like, this level that the psychological battle has to make you believe that you're always dominant. Like, no, you're losing to the one seed. And it's, you know, that's that's why you play the games. I, I just feel that for Ham, to me, the idea of everything constantly being all good, I, I don't think serves anybody in this particular situation, whether it's the team, whether it's the media, or whether it's even fans. They're in a hole. 
That's yeah. the bottom line. And they, there should be a little you – know, panic doesn't need to be the right word, but you're two no. games away from being out of the playoffs. you got to right. win four of your next five games. If that doesn't uh, – Against a team that, by the way, has not lost at home this playoffs. Like, there if, are real factors here. If that doesn't signal some um, urgency, then I don't know what will. I want to mention this real quick, and we talked a little bit about it before. You had the scorecard yesterday. You're watching yeah. the Dodger game. 16-8 to eight, the final score. Yeah. Um, are we not making as big of a deal about Julio and how his kind of up and down season so far this year, or do you think, uh, or, or do you think that at Julio he'll be fine? You know, before this last start, I thought to myself, well, you know, you look at the splits, and by the way, Greg Bergman and I discussed this on Blue Review every Monday through Friday on our YouTube channel, ESPN Los Angeles. I said to myself, the splits are bothersome. It's clear that he's a much better pitcher at home than it is on the road, and not even just the numbers, just watching him throw from a comfort standpoint, how he attacks batters. I just thought that it was gotten to the point where it was so much more obvious that I would address it. Yesterday, though, and again, if, if, if one wasn't watching that game live, it's kind of hard to describe how that happened because – he had to make a decision based on where the Dodgers staff looks right now. He was like, am I going to hang him out to dry? Because we don't have all sorts of bullpen guys to be backing this up. And he did hang him out to dry. And it got worse. Hmm. And it was like, oh, no. That was the worst case scenario, even for somebody trying to do right in Doc by his own player. Again, I urge everybody, go back. It was bottom five. Julio Rodriguez came, Rodriguez came back into the dugout mm-hmm. and was staring. He might as well have been staring at the moon just in terms of like what his uh, concentration level looked like, where his emotions looked like. Last night was a rough night for him. And, yeah, if I'm his teammate, I'm a little worried about it, and not just from a performance standpoint. Like it's a big year for him in life because it's the contract year as well. All right, Dodgers in the middle of a long road trip there. They started yesterday four games set against St. Louis, so they got three left to go. Then they're at Atlanta. Then they're at Tampa Bay, so some tough matchups coming up. Yeah. Uh, the dump coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. All right, uh, unfortunately, we're just getting the news that legendary, legendary uh, Cleveland Browns running back Jim Brown passes away at age 87. Um, Yates, I'm going to throw this to you in just a second, but – a uh, couple different ways that Jim Brown is known for. He's known for what he did on the football field, um, pro bowler for nine seasons, um, uh, obviously in the Hall of Fame. Um, he had just such a, a immaculate NFL career. But what he's really known for also is his advancement in the civil rights uh, movement with some, some of the other athletes. It was, what was it, the Ali Summit of 1967 yeah, it where it him. included Muhammad Ali, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, and, of course, uh, Jim Brown as well. Yeah, famously known also for deciding he didn't want to play in the NFL anymore to straight up go to Hollywood and uh, be an actor and uh, working on his craft. Also somewhat famously known for his long string of domestic violence incidents that I think generationally, hmm. it's weird. I got I, I'm, I'm – I'm being honest about this. Like, I, I, my feelings about that guy are very complex. You know, when I was a kid, he was revered amongst black men of a certain age, my dad's age, my uncle's age. But as I grew into a man and continue to be one, you look back and you think, man, you know, some of the stuff that was publicly happening versus what was privately happening, we're all having a reckoning with that. And it'll be very, it's a, this is going to be a difficult goodbye for a lot of folks. But yeah, one of the most famous athletes in the history of the United States of America. Passed away uh, today in his home in Los Angeles. 
his wife uh, told the Associated Press, Jim Brown passes away at age 87. Um, okay, how are, how are you consume most of your stuff? Because I, I want to YouTube TV stream, which we know that YouTube has uh, a deal you now. Wanna, you want to know my rig, don't you? You want to yeah, know well, how I get this thing I'm moving. curious because I, I think for Berg, we know – Everywhere he gets his, it's somebody else's password, right? right? So, and we know that he has been very strategic in how he gets this all done, and is saving more money than any other human out there when it comes to consuming their their uh, sports. YouTube TV stream went down during the Heat Celtics game on Wednesday. How much do you think? How much do you think this is going to be a problem as, as we get more and more live sports that are going to go towards streaming? How much? How much do you think this is an issue? I think it's a big issue, and I'll explain my rig for the right now. One time, John Ireland asked me what the thing I spend the most money on is a month. Okay. It's television and watching sports things. That's what it is. Like as doing every this, league pass, doing this, this that, job. Yep. I've got all the league passes. I got all the things you need to watch any game at any time. Mobile, home, whatever. So like those bases are covered. And part of the reason why I have those bases covered is because I don't like having to goof around and look in nine different places if I'm trying to watch a game at that time. Like, if something's not working on, let's just say, Fubo, well, I'm going to Spectrum, and I'm going to find it, or the other way around. or I'm, You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the, the physical element of what streaming services are is going to be a real issue, especially if places, like in public, like if you're at a bar and that happens, mm-hmm. bruh. You're screwed. Can you imagine? Your man's out here moving around, throwing drinks, talking to Emily's friends. The next thing you know, the yep. game goes out. There's that would a be a plate that riot. comes to your table, yeah. and the game goes out. <laughs> oh, that would be a problem. So yes, I am concerned about that. But if you're asking me, there's a reason why I got you know college baseball on a side laptop right now. I'm addicted to live sports, and that's you know how we make a living. You mind uh, if I get a couple of passwords? I might need a couple of those. I mean, you have them all already. Listen, there are certain advantages that come with membership of the local chapter of the Handsome Man community. That is one of them. Your application is still very much in the mail, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Just letting um, you know. Okay. Somebody did ask that, by the way. Ashley Yates. How did that come about? Was that self-proclaimed or did somebody give you that title? Why don't you ask somebody else if it's self-proclaimed? I'm not on TV because I'm smart, okay? That just happened to be so. Jeez, relax there, bro. Just uh, you know, just a simple ask Yates question. Um, okay, let's let's it's, do yeah, this. Yeah, it's self-proclaimed, as in self-proclaimed by many human beings over the course of my life. You know what I mean? All right, so I want to do one on this list. <laughs> I'm just goofing with Al at this point. So, I'm trying to make him uh, laugh. That's good. That's good. <laughs> on this day in 2005, Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith came out, and then this yeah. day in 1999, Star Wars: Phantom Menace came out. So we all know that you're a big Star Wars guy, big fan. What are your take on the prequels? Wow, look at this. Hold on. Let's go behind the curtain again. The note beneath that on my screen says, <laughs> maybe Clinton can yeah. explain why these movies are so bad. This is where Emily <laughs> is the aggressive. The steer of yeah. the show, right? Yep. <laughs> um, they're bad because the generation of people that first fell in love with Star Wars got used to a certain look and a certain style. And when they came out with the prequels, they tried to advance that. They tried to modernize it. And... They created new canon, as it's known. This, look, by the way, I operated like a PhD-level Star Wars stuff. I have a whole actual podcast about Star Wars, so I don't want to get too far down on this. Basically, it was people didn't like the new thing because they liked the old thing better. That's as simple as that. But it introduced to us uh, a bunch of characters who I like a lot. Jar Jar uh, Binks? Jar Jar's one of them. I <laughs> uh, don't like him that much. But Anakin Skywalker, we got to see a ton of before he became Vader, which is the important part of all of it. So 
Tune in to Never Tell Me the Odds with me, Arda Oko, and Ryan McGee, our ESPN Star Wars show. Hello there. There you go. Podcast. All right, uh, Sportsbook at Bet Rivers says in a press release that a better placed 100 wagers totaling about $30,000 on the Lakers to win the title during the regular season. Better also has 46 bets totaling about $25,000 on L.A. to win the Western Conference, which would win him nearly $4 million. Here's my only issue that I have when these come out, right? Yates, it's always that one guy that bet on the team that nobody was really thinking was going to win at all, and oh my gosh, he could win this much money. Can I also get the same guy that bet on the Milwaukee Bucks? Could I also get the same guy that put all that money on all these other teams and they lost their you-know-what off? Right. Can I get a little bit of balance here, the not making it sound like, hey, if you just bet this one time, this is what's going to happen. The guy whose whole family left him because they were tired of his nonsense. Also, <laughs> like, what What are we – we're releasing press releases on bets that have yet to be cashed now? This is this is part of the content machine? Like, yeah, when you win ben it, Rivers is. let me know. I'm I like, mean – not not to knock them. I'm just like, okay, I all right. The guy's got a lot of money on the Lakers. This is America in 2023. That's I, 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 I want presume, the live cam when the Lakers don't win and right. We'll just like, see like, what let's happens. let's take this to the <laughs> fullest. Now we're talking. Right. That's, that's what, what I'm, I'm talking about, Emily. That's a great call. Press release. Forget I, that. These are just numbers on a page. Let's see this guy's real life when he has to go face his family and tell them that he blew all his cash on a basketball team. Anyway, I'm not gonna. We do. No, listen, I'm with you on that. It's they, Every time I read one of those, I'm like, guys, can we stop making it sound like everybody is winning when they bet? But that's that's the purpose of There's it. There's another item we have to get to in the dump before we get to super-duper-duper crosstalk. Okay. Is a bride decided to have chilies cater her wedding instead of a traditional wedding food fair. So the spread uh, where was wound up as a steal at... $1,950 for 99 guests. A far cry from the $7,500 that she was quoted to have the traditional chicken or fish extravaganza. So she had just like catered food from Chili's. Everyone yeah. was fine. The wedding Congrats, was fantastic. It was married. great. <laughs> My, I think, I think at some point, weddings are about the bride and groom and what they want, what the experience they want to have. And if they want to save a little money and have uh, still great food, but just not the traditional wedding fare, who cares? Okay. Can I, I'm going to tell a quick story here. So yeah. <clears throat> there's, uh, especially in the Middle Eastern kind of community, there's way for weddings, way too much overspending. And a lot yeah. of it at times, it's just to literally show off and you're inviting 500 people and it's just, it's insane. I had a buddy of mine who got married and when he got married, it was straight up. Uh, plastic forks, plastic knives, and it was like a catered barbecue, and it was nothing special. And you know what everybody did? They enjoyed the catered barbecue, (laughs) and they didn't care that it was plastic forks and plastic knives because they were happy, and they were having a good time, and that's all that mattered. I don't need to go that far down the line with the concept of tradition on this. Entirely likely that the Chili's food is just better than the caterer's food. This is not that hard. That chicken and fish extravaganza is never good. Nobody leaves a wedding where the regular old stuff is there and says, "Oh, bro, they nailed the chicken breast." It was, you know what I'm saying? Dry as heck. There's no way they nailed the chicken breast. You know, like a sentence I've never heard before. Do not walk out of a wedding talking about the food unless the food is actually good. Chili's gives you a better shot at that. All right, Ramona, AK Super Cross Talk starts right now.
All right, Ramona Shelburne in, uh, Andy Kamenitsky in, John is traveling back from Denver, and uh, Mace is on vacation. What's going on, guys? Hey. Perfect time for Mason to take a vacation, Western I mean, Conference Finals. <laughs> What's up with your guy? Travis is not here? Like, he's just yeah. like... Travis got a far better excuse, which is that it's his father's 75th anniversary, oh, okay. 75th birthday, so... Yeah, 75th anniversary, that's yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, he's out there making tacos, but um, it's okay, so let me ask you guys something, because I know we're all around the same age, and we all have sort of similar pop culture interests, and something came up on my timeline the other day that I did not realize people had not seen before. Now... We all know about the situation with the Royals and all the infighting in England, but I was thinking about this the other day because somebody asked me if I cared about the Royals at all, and I do not. But I posted a video that apparently was news to a lot of people, which is one time where Diana, the late great princess, basically ran a 40-yard dash in her bare feet at a field day for her kids. And she's a pretty good athlete like i've seen a lot of people who were really famous try to do athletic things and they are terrible at them i did not realize that people didn't know the princess Di could you know really move she was a pretty good athlete anyway i had no idea but it's funny you bring this up clinton because before momo and i joined you we were just talking about how my daughter <laughs> she's 12 and the only sport she's ever been into is volleyball but she has, she says at least, she has developed an interest in baseball uh -oh. and, and wanting to play this summer. I might sign her up for like a week camp or something. But I showed her the clip of in, was it 2001, Momo? Uh, 2001. 2001. Uh, Not so long ago. <laughs> World Series, uh, whatever it's, co whatever yes. it's called. Women's College World Series. Yes. Women's College World Series. Momo yeah. running home. Off Great an clip. RBI from Jessica Mendoza. And let me tell you folks something. If you if you want to go to YouTube, you can find this. Momo booking. Yeah, wheels. Awesome. some wheels. Wheels. Love it. Can we get some glory days? Oh, I mean, if, that's we like... a, if we could build a time machine and have Momo race Princess die. Well, okay. Oh, no, I'd win. I, I, oh, I'd win. I'll yes. Well, I, I will wow. say, CH, I saw that clip too. She was moving. Princess Diana was moving. Yeah, and she was moving. She Momo, was out the gate too. Momo there was a point where it looked like she was just athlete. like hanging yes. out. My there question, AK, is who are like the people <laughs> that otherwise are not known for anything athletic but are otherwise super famous? Like I've never seen anybody that famous doing anything that athletic, if I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't know. I think about Well, this I mean, we have our celebrity like. basketball game every year at, at the All-Star game, right? The ESPN, yeah. ESPN one. Um, and there's some people who can play. Jamie Foxx was apparently a phenomenal yeah. athlete like, yeah. growing That's up. That's true, like, too. Really, yeah, okay. really I, good. Jamie Foxx is good on that list. But again, I don't have any clips of Jamie Foxx banging on nobody in the okay, lane. Okay, I got, I got a story anything for you. like that. I got a story for you. I got like Darren Ravel out here making himself look like an idiot. Oh, yeah. That's like the best <laughs> I can think of. Ramona, when I, when I first moved to L.A., I was, um, I was uh, on more of the west side, kind of near UCLA. Remember when it was Sports Club L.A.? Do you remember the, mm -hmm. yeah. the sports club? So I, I think it's an Equinox now, but when it was sports club Back when club the Clippers LA, used to work out there all the time? <laughs> it's the greatest. I used to cover so many practices yes. there. Okay, you just so, walk past people on the treadmill. Hey, like, hey Elton Brand. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was Sports Club LA at the time. I just moved to LA, and I would they, – they had great pickup games there, right? And it was only a couple blocks from where I was living. So one day I'm playing, and um, – uh, Jamie Foxx walks into one of the games and he's going to play some pickup. And I'm like, all right, well, I think if we win, I think Jamie Foxx has next. And then we ended up winning. Jamie Foxx teams come up. 
I'm guarding Jamie Foxx for one full game. Wow. And you just said you think Jamie Foxx kind of an athlete, this, that. He was so nonchalant about everything, and every time like I just left him for a second, he just hit a three right in my face. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell was that? I didn't know he shoot. I, I had no idea he shoots. So it, was, it wasn't too far after Ali movie came out. Right. Um, you know, he had what, what he, one of his famous quotes. is one of my favorite quotes. I've never had a ten, but I've had five twos. <laughs> right? It's just, anyways, the the Jamie Foxx story okay. comes from. All right, it. Jamie Foxx. I'll add him to the list. But yeah, these are the kind of weird things I think about all the time. Ak. Okay, I, I got a quick question for you guys. So I'm I'm a fly back from Denver today. I stayed at an Airbnb when I was out here. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look, this is this it's is time the for you to. Join the club and no, get some Marriott points. This is the reaction that some people have. I mentioned it to Michael. We're getting ready to do the game, game one. I'm like, Michael, yeah, I'm in an Airbnb. And he was just, like, disgusted. He's like, how can you stay in an Airbnb? They don't even clean those things. I don't know if Michael just thinks, like, every Airbnb is a frat house and there's just new people rotating in and out. Are you, I, I, Ramona? It sounds like I already have the answer from you. Are you guys Airbnb or hotel people? Oh, I, I do Airbnbs when I'm traveling for fun, right? Bingo. Like when I when I go to spring training with my girls, we went to an Airbnb. I stared at Airbnb when I was in Israel. That was like when I'm on my personal business. I think they're I think they're better in a lot of ways than hotels because they're, I mean, they're not always they're not always more economical, but a lot of times they are, especially in like big cities, but. I don't want to travel on business. I'm getting some points. <laughs> so here was my. Talking about. I, I love Airbnb. I take Airbnb in a hotel, over a hotel all day long. But also for us to do the shows, I got to have a hard line. Like I got to have the, the internet line. Basically, yeah. to do the shows that we're doing now, it's so spotty to do it in a hotel. But I put up a poll on Twitter. 70% prefer hotels over Airbnb. I didn't know it was that, uh, it was that drastic, that, that big of a difference. My problem with Airbnb, for me personally, I have no issue with anyone else using it. I would probably have no issue with me using it like in a vacuum. The problem I have is because I would so never want strangers yeah. staying in my house. <laughs> like, like I, Whenever I picture... Going Airbnb, I never end up doing it because I start imagining these random yeah. weirdos in my own home, and I can't do it. I just can't. Do, like I'm put off by the idea, even though I know these people running out the Airbnb, they're trying to get me in. I still keep picturing them somehow like showing up at my place, yeah. and I don't want it. Wow. You should put your place up for one week. I feel like right. I feel like there's some other things to work out there in terms of why that's why that's such a deep down fear. It's funny though. I I I know you guys are going to spend a ton. I don't know. I don't know if it's that deep down or that. Well, I mean, because like the the reason I say that is because I I don't know that. I mean, are Airbnbs now? Do you actually think of them as staying in somebody else's house? I feel like most people who have Airbnbs are like renting. That's all they use. Other properties. That's true. That's all they use it for. You know, that's kind of evolved over the last couple of years. That's true. I, I guess in that sense, it's basically just like the studio apartment or a house or whatever version of a hotel. So it's probably time for me to get past this. <laughs> I just need to recognize no, these people are not going to reciprocate and show up no. at my house. 
Definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want anyone going through my stuff either. I think that's kind of like interesting. But most of the Airbnbs are kind of like rental properties. That's it. That's all they They're are. not really somebody. Every, I think there are occasionally people who will like rent out their house here and there. But who wants to leave their own house so that somebody else can rent it out for $150 a night? Or, or Ramona, it's, it's their <laughs> vacation home. Yeah. And yeah. they go use it every once in a while. And when they're not there, they're renting it out to others. Yeah. Um, okay, I know you guys are going to spend a lot of time on it, but I, I want to get your guys' thoughts. Last night's game, um, I thought the style of the game was favoring the Lakers. I thought they're getting to the free throw line. They got kind of a nice cushion, 8-point lead, 10-point lead, 6-point lead. Always felt like they were in control, and this was just as we're kind of leading up to the fourth quarter. And then Jamal Murray has just one of the great fourth-quarter performances 23 points. It didn't matter who you put on him, hitting shots over LeBron, hitting shots over Anthony Davis. He was incredibly, incredibly clutch. Um, just your guys, both your initial thoughts on what you saw yesterday. It's a game that the Lakers could have won, should have won, and they are in some real trouble because they did not win it. So I, as the writer in the, in the group, I mean, you're, you're a writer too. Yeah, I, Andy. Yeah, as is Clinton. <laughs> yeah, as is Clinton. Okay, but I'm I'm the one like I'm writing. Alan, how does it feel to be the non-writer? You're the non-writer. I'm, I'm actually writing right now just to just to feel like I'm part of the like group. the writer in the you know the writer in me is watching this going, you know that play where LeBron tries to do the tomahawk dunk or the the reverse dunk that he always does and the yep. ball slips out of his hands. It's kind of almost on the nose, right? Yep. It's a little little on the nose for how that felt that yep. game, and. You know, I don't know that that ends up mattering uh, in the series. Maybe the Lakers win the next two at home, and it's a seven-game series, and we'll just see what happens. But um, there were two or three plays in that game that were very un-LeBronian. Un, you know, right? They're very yep. un-Bron. I've never seen – I don't think I've ever seen him do that. Now, I am going to credit where credit is due. Dave McMenamin and I were texting last night, and he said that – LeBron James missed two dunks in his pregame warm-up. Ooh. What? Two dunks. In pregame? In pregame. And, and I, oh, it was dear. like one of those you file away. You're like, whoa, that's weird. Oh, dear. I never see LeBron miss dunks in pregame. No. And he just kind of like put it in his back pocket. And then later I was texting him going, what? What was it? The missed dunk? The missed layup? The what, what? What's happening? And he goes, he, I, you know, I don't know if he has lift today. He missed two dunks in pregame. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Like, it's the way I felt when I saw Steph and Clay. They were warming up before game five here in L.A. Or no, game four in L.A. And they were shooting at the same time. Steph, you know, he works in a bunch of weird you know, things in his routine. He throws a football pass. He does some volleyball, some soccer, whatever. And at one point, he did the volleyball pass. And as he did the volleyball pass, like a pass to his coach, not an actual shot, the ball hit Clay Thompson's shot in midair, and they both fell down. And I was like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, like, no. that was that was weird, that man. That is symbolism yeah, no. off the charts. I, it's I almost on too much on the nose. Momo, I said the same thing. It was like, it was unlike <laughs> anything I'd ever seen. But it's not, it's not quite... Willie Mays falling down in center field for the Mets. Not even close to that. But it was the first time where I just thought I, I like didn't even move. I just looked at that and I thought to myself, oh, I'm not sure that I've ever seen that before and I don't know what comes next. It Especially because was- there was the layup and then the dunk that were basically back to back. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, 
as somebody who has experienced a phenomenon we like to call mom brain, okay? <laughs> um, that's where like, you know, I'll walk by uh, and I'm just doing too many things at once and it's probably some combination of sleep deprivation, your mind being focused on the baby, you're doing 17 things at once and you're, you know, just overall tired, whatever. And like constantly, Nevin will be like, did you mean to leave the refrigerator door open? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm sorry, you just close that. My it's bad. too cold in there. Just yeah, like I'm just constantly doing yeah. stuff like you this. You hit him back one time with a yeah, I did. I did. I did. I just wanted to use yes. that. Yes, yeah. I did. You know, I just felt like a- Dummy. <laughs> Stop questioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like constantly doing like, like all Got the any time. Other stupid questions. Now? I will go by the microwave, like, and like three hours earlier, I had put something in there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that was forgot a while ago. That. Uh, probably <laughs> have forgot to about cool that. it down, Devin. Yeah, it's all cold now. Um, I, I don't know if like maybe his mind is elsewhere, or if there's some just, just, just straight up fatigue factor. Mm. Like he, he looked tired to me. Like he looked like a guy who was just. Trying to pick his spots, maybe maybe it's altitude. I don't know. Maybe it's defending Nikola Jokic. He was being asked to do a lot defensively. That, that just felt like a fatigue. You know, the only thing I can compare it to is mom brain. So I, you know, some but some Ra- version Ra- of Ramona, that. Ramona, if I if I could say this, then doesn't then that make it more? Because Windhorse had mentioned this earlier today too. That he, listen, he was doing a good job on the. Joker he was, and, and he was defensively. Trying... LeBron was really good in this game. Yeah, was but good. when you're when you're someone that's doesn't that even make it more uh, – doesn't even, I, I guess you could say, more reason to – the team does need to be more strategic on offense. They do got to try to – and that's on Darvin Ham too. That's on some of these other players. Rui was having a good night. Austin Reeves certainly uh, has had a good series so far. AD is always a weapon. I just hated – we're firing up threes, specifically LeBron, and we know how he's been from the three-point line. But if he has this much fatigue, doesn't that give even more reason to try to be more strategic on offense rather than – I think they, they the Denver Nuggets, every time a three was fired up, they said, all right, that sounds good. Go ahead and take those threes. Yeah, I mean, they were daring him to shoot, and he was doing it. He was doing exactly what the Nuggets wanted him to do. Well, it's it's not even just that they were daring him to do it. This These were coming off possessions – where there was no ball movement at yeah. all. Yeah. It was early, early-ish in the clock. Yep. It was basically the equivalent of like, it wasn't even like a pull-up three as much as it was like a walk-up three. Yeah. I don't even know how I'm going to say this out loud, okay? I'm going to say this out loud. This, like, as you're talking about this, if you just close your eyes and flash back to like November 15th or so, November 20th, you could just close your eyes and say that's Russell Westbrook out there. I I said it out loud. I'm sorry. No, no. Here's the thing, though. But that's kind of here's he's one for twenty in the fourth quarter in uh, three points. This is something uh, actually that we talked about on today's Locked On Lakers, which is available everywhere you get podcasts five days a week. Hey, aren't you the guy who does the Lakers dance party hoedown on YouTube? Indeed, it's also where you can watch uh, the dance party hoedown on YouTube because there's a YouTube component. (laughs) Those misses from three, or the misses at the rim, the dunk. They felt Westbrookian in the sense of they were loud misses. Yeah, because like Westbrook's misses, they always were, hurt. Yes, magnified. <laughs> they yep. always they were hurt. Loud. Mm-hmm. Big Sliwa. Oh, and we Jamie said Fox that. At the oh, gym energy. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's, man. That's, that's, there's an LA fitness vibe to how this is all kind of going. Make it a rain. Fitness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fi- fi- final one. Just <laughs> right, quick question, yeah. and then we're, we're going to wrap up here. Let you guys do your show. You, you, you guys changing the starting lineup? No. Nah. Roll with it. Look, everybody's coming down up out of the mountains. 
The sea air is nice. You're not going to be huffing and puffing. They're going to be fine in game three. I just don't, right. I don't think it would help. I actually don't mm-hmm. think it would help. Hmm. D'Angelo Russell just needs to play better or play yeah. less, but I like the rotation. I don't want to change the, the rotation. The margin for error. There's no more margin for error, so they got to make things happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Crosstalk is powered by In-N-Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. Coming up next, it's Mason in Ireland, Ramona Shelburne in, Andy Kamenitsky in. I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. 710 ESPN.